Good night, everybody. Damien Charles here again. Hope you guys had a wonderful day. I'm glad you guys could join me. Whatever time of day you're listening to this, hopefully you're listening to this where you're not too distracted. You can listen to what I have to say. Forgive me if I stumble over my words a little bit and talk a little bit fast. Just got out of the cold cold shower, so feeling a little energized. And I need that little quick pick-me-up to talk with you guys tonight. Today I'm going to do a little bit of, um, going to end off what I had with the, 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 the parenting and I think it's parenting versus the cops. That's why I titled the episode. I probably titled it differently. That just goes to show you how kind of busy I am because it's like from work, hit the gym, from the gym, hit the grocery store, pick up some stuff for the family from that, come home, spend like two or three minutes, jump in the shower and then. I'm on the podcast with you guys tonight, so it's it's rough, you know. I kind of feel really guilty because I, I go to the store to pick up some gifts for the kids, and I'm turning into all those dads where I don't have the time to spend with my kids, so I show my love by buying them gifts and stuff like that, like little toys, little um, collectibles. Like I bought my son a Hot Wheels monster truck, little tiny thing you get throw around the house. Uh, he was really happy when he got it, but I really wanted to just spend that time with him. And same thing for my daughter, bought a little stuffed dog. Um, she was really appreciative about that because she they're getting to that phase where they're gonna want want a dog soon. And I already said I'm not getting a dog until you guys are old enough to take care of the dog. I already have two little kids running around the house. I don't need a, a third little kid running around the house making an even bigger mess at this point in time. But um, yeah, I don't want to turn into that kind of dad. I want to be able to spend that time with them now so I don't have to be missing out and seeing them grow up. But sometimes parents, you, you recognize, sometimes you got to make that sacrifice of time now so you could spend more time with them later on and down the road. So let's see how this goes and let's see how we do with this. <clears throat> so yesterday I kind of went on a, a, a rant all over the place with parenting styles and how those parenting styles are kind of leading us to the place we are right now. And it really is crazy how we can look at the way in which you parent your kids and you can tell how they turn out. And I'm going to touch on that a little bit, but mostly tonight I want to focus a little bit more on relationships. Because another thing we're seeing, like a ripple effect in our society, one of those outward spanning ripples we're seeing right now is the relationships that men and women have each other. They aren't really good. Right now, we between the feminist movements and divorce rates and the types of men we have in society right now, between Me Too and it's it's a whole broad spectrum of things that's going on right now. And it's just not making us look good as a species. All right. My thing also is you kind of look at how with 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 the spectrum of I don't even know how to call it the the, the LGBTQIA plus whatever um, those people got nothing against them, but They, they encompass so many things, you know, with the, the trans and, and sexual identities, spectrum and everything like that. Hey, here's how I look at it. 
If you're trying to live your life happily and you're trying to figure out life on the hold, you do that however you see best to do it. That that's that's just my comment on whatever you got going on. Me personally, I don't care. All right? It's not to say I don't care and I I just wish bad things happened to you cuz sometimes when people hear that you don't care, they think like, "Oh, you don't care about the suffering and everything like that. Hey, life life is about struggles, okay? I got my struggles, you got your struggles. Your struggles could be worse than mine, and my heart goes out to you for that. But when it comes to like you trying to figure out your sexual identity and all that kind of stuff like that, I don't think you need to hear my input on it. I think you need to take your time and just figure it out. All right, that's my view on that little sexual orientation and and gender identity and all that kind of stuff. You figure it out and when you know what you are, let me know and then here's what I'll do. I'll like, hey, I'll here's what I'll do for you. I will treat you like a human being. All right? That's the only thing I can do. I'll treat you humanely, I'll I'll treat you fairly. That's the only thing I can do. All right? I can't I can't do much more for you. Uh, I I wouldn't really expect you to ask me for anything other than that. Alright? And that's the only thing I really ask of you. Treat me like a human being. I treat you like a human being. And we both get on with our lives. I don't care what you do behind, do behind closed doors and who you do it with. As long as you're not messing with kids. That's where I draw the line. But... Now, that was a little side rant I put in there. And the reason why I kind of have that right then is because most of the time you're going to hear me talking when it comes to relationships, it's going to be mostly heterosexual relationships. So, but my advice can be applied to, 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 I want to say somewhat homosexual, even though I'm not, no offense, I'm not trying to reach out to the audience. I mean, my advice can only be applied to heterosexual relationships because I'm a heterosexual man. All right. If you want to take my advice and try and apply it to your homosexual relationships, go ahead. Hey, it's it's free advice. All right. It's like if you go outside and you see leaves on the ground, you can either rake them up into a pile and jump in them for fun, rake them up into a pile, put them in bags to be thrown away, or get creative with them. Create an art collage, or whatever the case might be. They're free leaves. All right. You can take them and use them for compost. Whatever you try to do with those free leaves, you try to do with those free leaves. That's the same way how I share my advice. It's out there. It's out in the open. I want people to make the most of it. I want the people to take advantage of my advice to better themselves and not hurt others. That's the way I put my advice out there, and that's what I'm really using this platform for. So with my advice being given, I'm going to try my best to kind of tie in um, the parenting styles of the past I kind of touched on, um, I believe, Tuesday. And the relationship, I'll say relationships outcomes that we're looking at today. Um, there's, to me, in the back of my mind, I was thinking about it, they're they're kind of linked. They're, they're, they're having effects on society that isn't really that great. And both men and women and children are suffering from it. So I kind of touched on the whole broken homes theory. And before I get any further, geez, 
Um, I very much like for you guys to give me some feedback. I, I need some feedback. I need to know what I'm doing. I need to know if I'm doing the right thing. If I need to enhance my content in any way. If I need to change up my talking style or if I'm very slow and boring. I want to try and not only just give advice, but also want to be able to keep you guys engaged. If I'm very monotone, I'm very boring, I'm not... You say like, hey, can you go back to when you had guests on, you used to have conversations with people, can you get back to that? Let me know if that's what you want to see, hear more of. I'm saying see. All right, well, let me know if that's when you, what you want to hear more of. Let me know if you want to hear different topics. Let me know if you want to hear um, more about me, because I'll, I'll share about myself incrementally, but there's certain things I won't share. Give me some questions and give me some topics you think I should take a... a, a I should take on, so to say, you know, I'm basically going to be coming up with my own topics right now. There's a long list of things I want to get through. If people give me some feedback, then I might be able to touch on their things as well. I try to keep my podcasts with an hour, hour and a half range. Hour and a half is when it's really pushing it. But I try to keep it to that hour range where I could more or less rant and go back and forth and all over the place. So the best places to reach out to me. Of course, it's going to be social media. Like I said, I'm still learning it. So I got Twitter, which is AJDC Split. Um, look for me there. Drop me, follow me. All right. Drop me some info and let me know what's going on. All right. Let me know what you want to hear and let me know a little bit more about myself, where I need to pick up the pace and where I'm at. Um, you could also get me on Instagram. I kind of started playing around with that as well. I just put a profile picture up on that. I'm following a couple of people. Instagram, it's DC17Shade. All right. DC17Shade on Instagram. So you could look me up on Instagram and have fun with that. <clears throat> so. Back to where I was about to get into. Parenting styles and how we deal with our children. It's a lot of communication. I didn't mention that yesterday. And how you choose to communicate with your children is how they're going to develop those communicate those communication skills in their life and they're going to take it out to public with them. And if you're communicating poorly with your kids, it's going to show. You know, if you have poor communication with your children, your children could develop poor communication skills with others. And what I've kind of noticed is like your children from the time they're babies to toddlers to little kids, you are the first people they interact with. You are their first relationships they have. And they're going to base all relationships off of that. So if you have a really absent relationship with your kids where it's like, you're there, but you're not really there. You're in the room, but you're not engaging. You know, you feed them, you clothe them, you make sure they have shelter. But at the end of the day, you are dropping them off at grandma's or grandpa's or, or wherever. You're dropping them off at another family member or friend's house. Or you're dropping them off at daycare. You're not really in that kid's life. And they're going to look at relationships to be that way as well. All right, You're, the relationship they're going to have with you is going to be a kind of absent one because it's like, okay, this is the person who just makes sure I have stuff. And then wherever they, wherever I end up are the people who are already gonna, really going to pay me that attention. 
especially when you have like kids being sent to daycare a lot. Kids in daycare are kind of being trained to compete for attention because let's say you have, even if it's like five kids, all right, and you'll notice this with siblings as well, all right, but when you have like five kids that all want attention from one person, whether it's that one uh, daycare teacher, right, when you have that one watching over those kids, it's like, if something happens, they all want that attention. They all want that affection. They all want that uh, relation, that relation, that relating, so to say. And they will reach out to whoever's giving it to them. So if they're getting it from that person at the daycare, and they have to compete with other kids to get it, they come. Uh, they become slightly more competitive for attention. You know that happens. You can see that happen to a lot of kids' personalities. You know, if you're the kind of person that, if you're the kind of parent that's very passive with how you deal with your kids, where it's like, <clears throat> uh, you just give them things to keep them quiet. You give them things to keep them behaved. You give them things whenever they throw a tantrum. Well, of course, the kid's going to develop with that kind of mentality where the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So I'm going to grow up knowing that if I want something, I got to make noise and throw a tantrum. If I don't get something, I have to throw a tantrum. I should always have my way. You you grow these kids with an insane sense of entitlement, you know. And then you, there's the positive side of things where you give kids that nurturing, loving attention that allows them to grow properly, right? And at the same time, you allow them to experience the world on their own. You give them that sense of individualism. So it's like you have a good five minutes where you're interacting with them and then you teach them to like, okay, how about you play by yourself a little bit? You know, it's the same thing where it's difficult, like training a baby to sleep. It's crazy, but to a certain degree, you got to kind of train kids to sleep. Um, as a father, I didn't really understand it because babies just want to sleep all the time. But there comes a point in time where you just like, hey, I fed you, I changed you, I cleaned you. It's time for you to go to sleep, and if you cry, I'll I'll be back in the next five minutes if you're still crying. But sometimes you got to let the baby cry themselves to sleep, and it's very difficult. It's very hard for parents to do. Some parents do not agree with it whatsoever. Some doctors will disagree with it as well. But I think it's it's, it's a little bit necessary. You're not being absent from the kid's life, all right? It's not like you're throwing the baby to the wolves, you know? You set them up in their crib. All right, or their little a bouncy thing, a rocker, or whatever it is. Oh, excuse me, it's been a long day. <laughs> but anyway, you set them up in the little rocker, whatever it is. You know, after you made sure they're clean, they're changed, they're fed, they're they're well taken care of, and you you let them go. You know, and then again, I would only recommend this after like about nine months or so. To be honest, those first nine months. Leave the baby and the mother alone. I'm ta I'm talking to the guys when I say this. You know, if she wants to be underneath that baby and then wants to have that baby underneath her and their two are top of each other nonstop, hey, that's that's nature right there. You're there to, to lend a hand and help out so she so the mother can get some sleep on and off. But that's mainly just them doing their bonding so the child can develop properly. Right? I have that sense of security, and at nine months, you know, then you start the sleep training. Some people say six months, some people say a year. However you do it and you get it to work for you, 
So however you guys get it to do and work for you. But the reason why I kind of bring that up is like the, the, the way in which you interact and you treat your children from an early age is the reason they're, they're going to carry those certain traits and characteristics with them as forms of communication into the adult world. And we can clearly see that, like, again, with the whole George Ford protests and how people have interactions with the police and how uh, young individuals view the police, you know, and how they view authority, it's it's poor communication. Like, a lot of these young kids don't know how to communicate with authority. I said it yesterday, they, they don't understand authority, don't respect authority. Um, they have poor communication when it comes to authority because... What if it's the same kid where the parent, both parents are working and from the time that kid's like, let's say two months old, mommy's got to go back out to work and daddy's already back out at work. So I got to take my little baby to daycare. And no parent, I've seen, I've had to do it myself. I've seen the looks on kids and on parents' faces. You don't want to drop your newborn baby off at daycare. You want to be able to stay in and, and raise your newborn baby. But you got to make that sacrifice, like I said earlier, the sacrifice of sacrificing the time now so it could be a little bit easier later on. Sometimes mommy and daddy have to go out to work because the bills are stacked up so high, you feel like you're fighting a losing battle. All right? Poor life decisions. Whatever it is to, to, to make sure that child is provided for, sometimes you got to make certain sacrifices. But in reference to that... When you got that kid going to daycare from an early age, and they just have this sense of being separated from the people that are closest to them, their parents. And then as they grow older, I'm not saying this is a guarantee or an absolute, it's just certain things I've kind of noticed. As they get older now, it's like they, the first people you're supposed to have the greatest respect for and appreciation for your parents, they don't really have it. All right, they don't really respect their parents that well or that much. They just, yeah, mom, you know, you 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 you're 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 paying the bills. You keep a roof over my head. You keep them full of my stomach. That's your job. You keep doing that and let me do me. Some kids grow up with that mentality. It's a disgusting thing to see. So, and then you have the kids who also have that. They had the parents who were nurturing and understanding and caring and supportive and did all those things. Where the kid goes out with a little bit more confidence, you know. They know that they're appreciated. They know that they're special. They know that they're loved. So they can go out into the world and make some decisions and face some challenges where it's like, I'm not going to rely on my parents, but at least I know I have the encouragement of my parents. And that's something a lot of kids don't really get as much as they used to. Whether it's because you're growing up in a single parent at home and it's really difficult for you to really experience all those things because you've just been dealt a shitty hand without having both parents in your life. You know? And the same thing can apply when there's two parents and both parents gotta work. So it's difficult. So, no good understanding of authority. There's no real good moral compass when you don't raise your children with them. You don't instill some good values into them. And lo and behold, we have kids who don't have any 
morals and values and don't really stand on anything. And whatever they hear online, they follow it and they believe it's the truth because it makes sense to them at that point in time. And they go out and do crazy things. All right? That's that's my reference to the the rioting and looting and everything like that. I mean, you have the peaceful protests and thank God for the peaceful protests. But then why is it you have all these negative things? You know, you have all these riots and whatnot taking place amongst the peaceful protests. So you got to be careful how you raise your kids, how you communicate to your kids, the things you instill in your children. And how do I tie that into relationships? Well, relationships is a lot about communicating, man. It's, it's, it's a lot about deep, heavy communication, understanding each other. And the communication isn't only just verbal communication. A lot of people think communication in relationships has to be mainly verbal. No, we're talking about communication emotional communication which sounds weird we're talking about mental communication we're talking about physical communication we're talking about being able to let that person experience you on all mediums across if it's a date a deep and intimate relationship and we can clearly see that our relationships aren't doing that well in our society and a part of me will say it's a reflection of the poor parenting. So now the kids have poor communication skills. So when, it, when they have to get into relationships, they aren't really able to voice or discuss things correctly. And it just makes matters worse. There's that situation which could easily happen. And then there's also, you know, the, 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 the mentality of the individuals are no longer what they used to be. They're no longer, they, they, they don't know why they should be in relationships. I remember there was a point in time where people was like, you got to get a relationship, you want to get a girlfriend, you want to get that, that high school sweetheart, and you guys graduate school together, and you go on these wonderful adventures, and eventually get married, and you have kids, you know. That was, that's, that was the idea for some kids. Some kids were like, oh, I don't want kids. All right. Some of them do. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people do want kids. They may not have made it to your face. Some of them be like, I want kids. But if because they're so expensive, I don't want to pursue that right now until I get my career in order and my goals accomplished. And hey, I don't blame you. Do what you got to do to make sure you have a good life for those kids when they come into the world. But at the same time, you got to be really careful about. How long can you really how long do you really think you should take to put off having kids? Let me get that one get back to that one in a minute. So now we have the rioting and everything like that, you know. And we got the COVID. We got ourselves like some some serious situations going on right now, because like I said in my um, family versus COVID podcast, oh, man, as a father and a husband, you just want to make sure you do the best. Now, if I was just a husband, you still want to make sure you do the best. If it was just me, I would just say whatever comes my way comes my way. 
But in terms of like maintaining a relationship of all this, it's not easy. It should be easy. It really should. Because the way I'm looking at how relationships should work in a, a crisis such as this is that your, your, your circle of interactions is going to drop because people were locked in their houses and everything like that. And then your fear is going to go up. So you're constantly looking for that sense of security, that sense of comfort, and that sense of relation. And if you're in a relationship with someone, you know, those are the things that would really test your relationship, but at the same time would really make you appreciate the person that you're with at that point in time. The world is burning down around us, but we have each other. You know, I trust you, you trust me, you got my back, I got your back. <clears throat> so, this whole COVID situation should have probably been strengthened with a lot of relationships, but... Uh, inevitably, he didn't do that entirely. I'm not going to say he didn't do it at all. Um, there's people complaining about the, the increased divorce rates because people were finally spending a lot of time with each other and they're recognizing like, hey, I really don't like this person all that much. And that's a big regret. You know? <clears throat> there's also the fact that people... He's like, hey, you know, if I know I'm going to be locked down with this person for so long, I'm going to do everything I can to make this life, person's life miserable while they're with me. We see those things happen as well. It's crazy how life can throw wrenches into your plans when you're dating someone. And when you engage in a relationship, these are the kind of things you could, should think. I'm not one to tell people if you've been in a relationship, your your uh, intention and your objective should be married. Marriage. I'm not going to say that. What I will say, oops, drop a microphone. All right back. What I will say is, you should be thinking about the relationships you get into critically, where. What if? You ask yourself that question: What if all the time? And the deeper the relationship gets, the deep, the different ways you'll ask that what if. So in the dating phase, you're like, what if I gave this person a shot? What if we decided to make this a real relationship? That's your first one, what if. Now when you're in a relationship phase now, you're going to start thinking like, what if I started trusting this person with these things? What if this person starts trusting me with these things? So now that what if is different, right? And it applies to like more heavier subject matters and scenarios. Then you have the what if my family doesn't like him or her, or what if the I my family doesn't like him or her? You know, what if people don't like us being seen together in public? What if our relationship is not as beautiful as what we think it is? The way in which we communicate isn't that good. You know, what if we're doing great and everything works out? You ask yourself a series of those questions. <clears throat> and you start looking at the next phase in your relationship where what if we were to get married? What if I decided to spend the rest of my life with this person? What if I wanted to give up this job promotion because the person I'm with um, wants to move to a different state? You know? What if we decide to move in, move in together? What if they propose? 
You know, those are the questions that come afterwards. The what ifs just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And they're the same what ifs you should you should be asking. Everybody should be asking when you're in a relationship. It's like if you be given something, you want to kind of question what it is. You want to question its limits. You want to question what it's capable of. You want to question if it will last you through the years. You know, that's... That's the kind of things you got to do in relationships. And you also apply that what, what if to the relationship you're in. What if we get into a big fight while we're in this lockdown phase? What if the person really shows me their true colors? What if we never go back out to work and the types of jobs we get will allow us to see a lot more of each other and spend a lot more time together and what if that's not what we want? So these what ifs can can take your relationship for a, a ride. And forgive the long pause because I'm also putting some thoughts into what I'm saying and where I'm going. Like I said, it's been pretty late. So if you hear me, um, I've been pretty exhausted. All right, these these four hour nights of sleep are not doing anything good for my health, so I gotta I gotta be kind of a little bit more organized with my schedule and whatnot. But back to what I was saying, the what is in your relationships. I think sometimes people don't really ask these these questions about the what ifs and being careful and critical about the person that you're with is probably because of how you were treated as a child. We all hear that joke about girls with daddy's issues. You know, daddy's issues tend to happen to girls who probably didn't have a father. So their first man that they're with, they kind of reach out to and latch onto him in everywhere possibly. You know, not just not just for that sake of emotional comfort, but also for the f- fact that it was the first time you're interacting with a man. Like your father wasn't there. And you're a woman, you're drawn towards men by your hormones. Like what, what kind of man should I be looking towards? So you hear those da- daddy, daddy story girls and you really got to think about them, about what really happened here to you in your past that was so broken and so bad. You know, God forbid your father did something nefarious to you. You know, God forbid that happened. And that's why you have a, a, a really constricted view on men. You know? I wouldn't blame you. <clears throat> so, let's look at how these relationships... Could happen when you have just kids who never really communicated. Like I gave the example, kids who were never raised properly. You get adults that aren't well-rounded for society. And then they go out and they replicate those childish behaviors where they got the results that they wanted. It's crazy. 
it really is crazy. Like, you look at how the kids are behaving, and you can just see the kind of adults that they're going to turn out to be. If you look at the kids we're dealing with right now, what kind of adults are they going to turn out to be later on? Because we see the results of the, with the adults we have right now. We see what kind of adults we have now. They are just mindlessly destroying things. And some people will say, well, no, they're peaceful protesters. Hey, it's not a peaceful protest when, when you got a car in the background on fire. That's not a peaceful protest. Not even, not even close. I'm pausing a lot tonight because I'm just I'm just envisioning my kids. Like I hope I can be a good enough father for them to avoid them from making decisions they they will probably make later on in life. And I know I can't protect them from everything, but I still want to be able to say that I gave them enough tools and knowledge and wisdom and know-how to to, to fend for themselves and not easily be manipulated. Like, that's what I really want for my kids. And honestly, that's all you can really do for your kids. You can't protect them from everything. So, let's get into this. We have kids who aren't raised properly, who have poor communication skills. Then we have these relationships forming from young individuals who have poor relate, poor communication skills as well. So they don't communicate their problems correctly. And then let's tie that in with a lot of the movements we're seeing right now. So like I said, I'm going to kind of steer clear of the, the LGBTQ plus I, whatever, IA. Great. Let's move away from that right now. Let's just look at a basic heterosexual relationship. Now, if you're not communicating correctly, there's going to be a lot of confusion and frustration. But what if you believe you're doing everything correctly and it turns out that's not the truth? So what women believe right now is that they have to be strong, independent, and women have to become more of the dominant ones in the situation. Now... When you tell a woman that she can compromise those things, you're basically telling a woman that she has to be more feminine. I mean, more masculine. Because right? those are kind of ma- masculine tropes. To be the dominant one, to be the one who, who, who is in charge of relationship, the one who's going to to make the say on things. Like, a woman can have those powers, all right? She can have those, those, those... How should I put it? She can have those characteristics. But what happens, those tend to be masculine characteristics. So when you have women becoming more masculine, it's very difficult for a man to be around that kind of woman. Like, very very few men really, they really like that. They don't really like being torn down or, or... Or should I say it? Women... When you become more masculine, become less attractive for men. Let's put it that way. Men, 
we look at the, the, the parenting styles that have been applied to you, and it's, it's like the opposite way. When men are told to be more feminine, women aren't attracted to that. So, we got people who are just trying to be in a relationship. And the things that are being told about the relationships are skewed against them. And then they don't communicate properly and then they end up lashing out and they end up being rash and unreasonable. You can easily see that helping, happening with the way in which people handle relationships nowadays. It's just not a good thing. So what's the solution to it? Well, the solution is... Communication, one, and recognition of what you want before you try and go get that solved in somebody else. Don't get me wrong. I believe if you're in a really good relationship with a person that cares about you, they can reveal some of your weakness to you and then they can end up developing you and making you a much more whole, strong person. A relationship can do that for you. But I don't think a relationship, all right, should be doing that for you at the beginning of a relationship. It could happen, but I don't think it should be doing that. Those are things that's like after you figured out that you actually want to be in a relationship with this person, that's when you both start working on each other's issues where it's like, you know, hey, I have this brief pattern because this happened to me. And then the person will respond be being like, hey, we're starting our own thing now. So I'm not going to say forget about your past, but let's not take any negative things from our previous relationships, from our household with us into this new relationship that we're starting right now. That's what should be really communicated. What issues do you have? You have this issue, that issue, this You have this issue, that issue, this issue. So you should be basically trying to fix those issues when you're dealing with your significant other after you recognize that this is what we're really going to do. Like if we're about to get serious, let's seriously look at the issues that we have uh, let me tell you some of my dark secrets and some of the problems that I have. Are you one who's really going to stick around for this? I don't want someone who just wants to say they're going to be around and then when the shit hits the fan, they can't be there. Like, I got issues, you got issues. Are we going to help each other out with our issues? That's the kind of conversation you have when you know you want the relationship. You want the relationship and you know you want this to be a long-lasting relationship. You want this to be the relationship. You have those kind of conversations. You figure those kind of things out. <clears throat> when you don't do that, or you do it too early, it either becomes superficial, or everybody's just walking in a very tense situation. Anybody who's been in a relationship would know this, that if you don't say what you want, the other person's not going to figure it out. Now, sometimes when a person explains to you their personality, you can kind of piece it together what's best for them. And there's a possibility of that. But at the end of the day, if you're not doing what is needed to be in a relationship to make the relationship work, which is communicating and letting the person know these are my yeses and my noes, these are my pros and my cons, these are my wills and my won'ts for this relationship to work. And don't get me wrong, there's compromise and there's sacrifice. I will compromise with you on these things if I'm able to get these things. I will compromise with you on those things if you're able to do these things. So 
you know, that's how that sense of communication should be taking place. So like I said, like I did yesterday, it's like, how does, what, what does this have to do with um, parenting styles and, and riots and chaos and everything like that? Well, when you have, when kids are taught poor communications, they forge relationships based on poor communications. They don't respect, they have a, a skewed view of the world, you know, based off of poor communication. You know, if you can't, communication is not just you being able to get the message out there. It's how well can you also receive a message. Now, we all, like I said before, we all agree what happened with Mr. Flo was horrible. And we want to make sure we stress that we don't want this anymore. So you go out and you protest for changing the situation because you know what you want from the, from, from the powers that be. And the powers that be know what they want from you. So you guys are willing to compromise on certain things. And sometimes there's no compromise needed. Hey, this was wrong. Fix it. Don't let it happen again. Boom. Done. You know, hopefully we get that. But it seems like it's just getting crazier and crazier every day. But we're going to touch on that one later. That's what happens when you have good, you have good parents where the situation, the situation can be remedied. All right? By actually communicating and figuring out what's wrong. So you got to be very careful with the way in which you communicate with your kids, the way in which you teach them how to interact with others, the morals and values you instill in your children. You got to be very careful about those things. You got to make sure you get those things across to them properly so that they, when they go out into the world, they're able to voice their opinions correctly. They're able to rationalize and reason. They're able to compromise in certain situations and they, in certain situations they will not compromise on because certain situations are uncompromisable. They have to be able to distinguish what those situations are for the betterment of themselves and overall the betterment, betterment of society. So when you look at certain relationships where you have a pushover and someone taking advantage, clearly the pushover was never taught to communicate properly because they're not going to be able to voice their opinions and they're going to compromise in everything and they're not going to stand up for themselves and they're going to have somebody take advantage of them. And those are one of the things that really piss me off because I hate to see people taken advantage of. And it could also work the other way when you look at the person who's constantly taking advantage of the other person. All right. You weren't taught to communicate properly. You weren't taught to relate properly. You weren't taught to rationalize properly. You weren't taught to empathize or sympathize with somebody else's situation. Why would you take advantage of someone just because they don't voice their opinion? Sometimes if you're in a more dominant position or relationship, you should probably be encouraging that person to come out of their shell, to fix, to voice their opinion. Let's analyze what's going on with you and let's see if we can make it right. I don't want to be in a position where I'm a tyrant relationship. Who wants that? And like, it, it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female. Who wants to be a tyrant in the relationship? You're loved only because you can rule the relationship? How is that? A, that's not a relationship. How is that enjoyable? I don't understand it. There's some people who might enjoy that. I, I don't. Like if I'm in a relationship, I'm not just in this for myself. I'm also in this for the other person. Like I tell my wife sometimes, like you gotta let me know what's up. Sometimes I may do something that pisses you off, and you don't know what the and you don't let me know what I'm doing wrong. I may continuously piss you off. I understand there's certain things you compromise on. It's like okay, yeah, I get it. You know, you love your gym time, so you make sure you go to the gym after work and you get that in, you get that pump, and it makes you feel better. But hey, sweetheart, I need help with the kids at home. Can you skip gym time today and come home and help me with these little monsters? You know, 
Hey, that's communication. That's making it work. And that's in a relationship. Just imagine this if you apply it. That, that's, like, that's like an intimate relationship. Now, just imagine if you apply this to every relationship you have um, in your life. You apply that same relationship with your, your, your friends. You apply that, that, not, you apply that same form of communication with your friends. You apply that same form of communication with your coworkers. You apply that same form of communication with the powers that be in certain part, parts of society. I can guarantee you it will make things look, work a little bit better. I can guarantee you that. And if it makes things worse, here's why I tell you how it's actually better for you. Because now you know what the kind of individual you're dealing with. Now you know the kind of situations you're dealing with. Now you know, it's like, hey, if I can't reason with this person, it's time for me to leave. If I can't reason with this person, it's time for them to leave. <clears throat> we got to stop. We really got to stop in relationships, people. You you got to stop letting negative things increase. You got to stop letting bad things increase because sometimes it's slow. It's very slow. It's not really noticeable in the beginning. And then slowly the person starts taking advantage. And when a person starts taking advantage and you keep on letting it happen, it becomes the new norm. And that new norm now is that person... Just getting away with murder, so to say. It's not something you should encourage your relationship. It's not good for you and it's not good for the person that you're in a relationship with. So you got to kind of forgive me going off on a, a lot of different tangents to kind of bring this back in. Like, as you can get to see, the reason why I call it split personality is two different personalities battling for, for one point. Battling to get a point across. It's two different perspectives going on two different ends of the spectrum to get a message out there. And probably I need to sit down and refine my message, write it down, and, and, and read from a script for you. Probably I might have to start doing that. But me personally, I, I kind of like more of the split personality approach where I'm all over the place at first and I'm able to bring it home later on. I'm able to bounce around and then bring the points together at the end of it. Hopefully, you guys can bear with me on that and you can appreciate that perspective. If you don't, I'll work on it. Like I said, you got my Twitter, you got my Instagram. Let me know. <clears throat> but that's enough about me. Let's get back into the whole understanding of relationships. And how these 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 parenting styles and how these relationship poor communication relationships affect the, the a whole society. What happens when people don't appreciate each other? When people don't respect each other? Conversation no longer takes place. Dialogue breaks down. People don't get their points across. People feel unheard. When people feel unheard, they just feel like, what's the point of even playing in this game if I don't have a fair play? If, I, if it's not being played fairly with me, you know, if it's if the situation is not fair for me, why should I even be in the situation? And we're seeing a lot of that take place. Like, <clears throat> I'm going to bring it back to the George Floyd situation. And I'm going to bring it back to the protests and the riots that came immediately after it. I understand it because of the fact that 
a lot of people were feeling disenfranchised. Alright? A lot of people were feeling disenfranchised for the way in which they've been systematically being treated in their communities for an extended period of time. So, the idea of Black Lives Matter coming out and saying like, Hey, Black Lives Matter. Alright, we're saying this because we feel as though we don't matter. We feel as though we're not being heard. We feel as though we're trying our best to communicate and the people that we are reaching out to and talking to aren't hearing us. They're not reciprocating, all right, our, our concerns. So I can understand as to why when you try to communicate peacefully, it doesn't work. So you, 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 it's like when you're talking to someone, you tap them on the shoulder and they, they're not answering. You tap on them on the shoulder and you, you call their name, they're not answering. You tap them on the shoulder, you call their name a little bit louder, they're not answering. Next thing you know, you find yourself grabbing the person by the shoulder, shaking them, yelling at them. Alright? You know, some people, nobody wants to have their attention gotten like that. But at the same time, when you feel as though you've been personally ignored, you can't blame people for being upset. So those are the people I agree with. We've always tried to be as peaceful as possible. We've always tried to be as rational as possible. And we feel like we're just not being heard. So that's why we, 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 we raised the stakes. We went from peace or protest to rights. I can understand that. And that's as far as I go in my understanding. When you go straight to writing to where people are taking advantage of a good time. And I encourage people to look at like look at both sides of the coin. Where like the, 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 there's rioting taking place where it's like, what do you gain from burning down low income housing? What do you gain from looting a target? What do you gain from looting a Home Depot? What do you gain from from destroying a little mom and top pop shop? There's nothing to be gained from that. So that's why I'm thinking that's where the, the, the communication goes on a rise. Sometimes you it goes from like you trying to, to get the person's attention to you now straight out attacking the person just because you weren't heard. I don't think it's gonna make it any better. And I'm not saying that's what some of the people are doing. I mean I'm I'm not saying that's what everyone's doing. I'm saying that's only what some people are doing. Some people are looking at the struggle and the frustration that other people have been in and taking advantage of it so that they can come out and just straight up, you know, go out on their own little raves and, and do their own little thing. You know, some people are straight up doing that in the midst of other people's suffering and injustice. So that's why I kind of I kind of bring it back to like, be careful of how you choose to communicate. I I fully believe in peaceful protests. If it wasn't for peaceful protests, we wouldn't have civil rights in America. And I always, I constantly say when I'm talking to my family members and friends, what, what Martin Luther King was brilliant with was he peacefully protested to show that we as black people are not animals. It's the white people that hate us. We're going to show you how animalistic they are. And he did that. He showed the world how animalistic a lot of these white people were for just attacking black people for no reason. A lot of white people came out and supported the, 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 the civil rights movement because they're like all these people are doing is marching and asking for unity. Key word, unity, fairness, togetherness. 
all right? They just wanted to be treated fairly. They just want their civil rights. That's all they want. And white people came out and saw that, like, wow, there are some horrific, monstrous white people out there who are just taking advantage of black people for no reason. We are going to make sure they have their civil rights. Martin Luther King was a genius for doing that. But when you have people going out there and, and, and rioting and looting and doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff for no reason, it just makes black people look like ignorant niggas. And I try to watch my language because I want everybody to be able to listen to this. But there's no other way I can describe it. Alright, it just makes black people look bad when other people are coming out hijacking the protests and turning them into riots. It really is sad. And like I go on Facebook and some of the things that people post, it's like, what does this have to do with equality? I can't remember what post I saw. that It just made no sense. Alright? It really made no sense. Oh yeah, it was, like, it was like a little comic book sketch. And in the beginning of the comic book sketch, you had... Um, it, was, it was a black woman. Alright? And it has it in three columns. And the first column is like she's in these, these, this 1950 outfit. Like fighting for, for civil rights and whatever the case might be. And then... You had the other person coming back for the same... They, they took the same woman, but they updated her clothing and everything like that to be like in the 1970s. And she's fighting like... Again, she's fighting for... Uh, she's fighting against racial profiling and and harsh penalties from the law and everything like that. You know, whatever we were dealing with in the 70s. I think it was probably how they were pushing crack cocaine. That was the 80s when you really think about it. All right, but how people were just being racially dis, uh, the, the, the discriminated against in the 1970s. So she has the 1970s get up. But then when it gets to the 2000s now, all right, because you have to remember in the 1950s was you saw it was like the, the marching in the background and you, they had like the ML, uh, Martin Luther King stuff in the background. Then in the 1970s, you had the peace symbols. And you had the big cities, and it was like they showed like how um, racial segregation was going. Well, not segregation, but profiling and discrimination was going on in the seventies. But when they went to the two thousands, now it just didn't make any sense to me because it had everything behind it was like on fire and broken buildings and shit like that. I'm like, okay, you, clearly this is not the other two. Was like we're trying to defeat this thing where you can clearly see the issue live. The other one was just straight chaos, havoc, and, ma and mass pandemonium. It's like, I don't think you're going to want, you're going to get a lot of people that want to support you if this is what you're showing. All right. When you're showing that, a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, that third one we don't agree with. The first two we agree with. The third one, eh. <laughs> so, yeah. I tell people, be careful how you choose to communicate. Choose, be careful the methods you choose in which to communicate and get your point across and get to talk to people. Because it sometimes it can be really misconstrued and taken out of context, and out of character, and it's just bad. You know? So I'm going to probably go more on the... The, the way in which people raise their kids that's so kind of linking to what we're seeing right now I'm probably going to go more in depth tonight 
I'll be honest with you guys, super tired. I had a lot of pauses and I was a lot I was really scatterbrained. I only really got my energy up coming down to the end because I was touching on some parts that really mean a lot to me. So I'm gonna do a, a better podcast um next week or probably on the weekend. And what I want to do is I want to go more in depth with in terms of how we're what we're doing relationships right now and more relationship advice as to not just communication, but the way in what we the roles we choose to carry out in our relationships because we're not really upholding our relationship roles correctly. All right, communication is one thing, but you got to figure out like what I was touching on earlier, what you really want from a relationship, what you're really going to be doing in a relationship. Um, next podcast, I'm probably going to want to have somebody come on and discuss with me a lot, have conversations with me, with me on this, because I feel it's a lot of me just going back and forth with myself, and I might have been repeating myself a lot. So I don't want to let that happen too often. If I end up doing that, I'm probably going to just go through the podcast, cut it up, and make it a little bit shorter. So you're going to see a lot, you're probably going to hear, I keep on saying see, you're probably going to hear a lot more edited podcasts as I go on. All right, I'm just going to have to put more time towards doing that and I, they might end up um releasing on different dates like for instance i might record one on wednesday it might not release till friday because i might go through some extra editing and may want to abbreviate or even expand on certain things um, i'm kind of summarizing this one up here because i really i really want to get some sleep i'm running on like about four hours of sleep for the last 48 hours it's not healthy you know it really isn't healthy but i was kind of trying to keep up date with the news um, work on some other side projects I'm doing right now. And also I want to kind of do some research for some of the topics that Sophie's been working on. Like I told you guys before, when you guys met her in the first episode, um, Sophie, she's a relationship coach. So sometimes I get caught up in a little bit of her stuff, you know, <clears throat> and then I might take some more time off because I want to, I really want to spend more time with my family podcasts or no podcasts. You know, side hustle or no side hustle, gym or no gym, family is what's most important to me. And I I, I really got to take the time to do that because it's crazy when I'm at work and I look at my phone, you see the kids pictures It's like, damn, I miss these kids. And then I get home. And I don't really I feel so bad for not spending as much time as I do with them. And it, it really drives me up a freaking wall. All right. So I'm kind of I'm kind of wrapping this one up right now. So in terms of communication to develop your raise your kids in such a way to where you can develop their communication skills properly so when they engage in relationships they know how to communicate properly and they know how to facilitate proper relationships not just intimately all right but also professionally and overall mentally when you think about it if you have good communication skills you're going to be thinking a little bit more clearly because you know how to rationalize and sympathize with others so you can get your point across so they can hear you and you could actually help the person you're trying to help and you can also hear what they have to be, what they have to say to you, and get the benefit of what that person is trying to get across to you. Um, but like I said, I'm going to sign out on this one here. Again, uh, you can look me up on my Twitter. All right, it's AJDC Split. Um, let me know what's going on there. I'm probably going to have to drop some more pictures on that, and probably see and check out some of my posts. I'll probably post some stuff on that. Tell me what you think about those as well, and give me some info on my podcast why i need to be improving on all right uh, i don't mind a little constructive criticism and you can also go up my instagram dc 17 shade dc 17 shade you can go check that out um there's not much there yet i literally just made it so 
drop some ideas and communicate with me on that as well. Again, people stay good, stay smart, stay safe, and have a wonderful night.